0: Let me, uh... not to steal okay not to steal last week we were and I'm on page 478 and, and following um, in, in our material we were considering uh, we finished up with the uh, lawsuits and I was telling you there was absolutely nothing wrong with lawsuits <laughs> and uh, and I will tell you I'm biased so no um we we did talk about it, and the point of them, and now, again, keep in mind we're we're talking about this in connection with the eighth commandment. you know you might say there are other things where you could apply it, but we we did talk, and I just want to rehearse it because it's very important, not only in a matter of lawsuits but overall what are we stealing? If we bring a lawsuit, potentially, we talked about it last week. Some. What, what? Who are we stealing from? What are we doing? Where? Where does this fit in to the Eighth Commandment? Because that's what we're talking about. So let's keep it in context. So, and we talked about it. The biggest thing, potentially, what are we stealing? Bob, let's uh, in this one, and I the, the frivolous I think comes within the words used more in the sins committed. The next one we're gonna, the the, the uh, what do they call it there? The vexatious or something or uh, the, the the. But let's just say it's legitimate. Let's just say for my question right now. It is a legit, somebody owes you money, right? Somebody owes you something, money, whatever it is. No question. They just won't give it to you. So, uh, you bring a lawsuit. So what potentially gets stolen? What's the first thing that hopefully, in many, I, I would suggest, it's just my thoughts, but the first thing that should come to your mind, what potentially do I take or steal if I'm doing it? I mean if they don't pay me they're stealing from me no question but I'm talking about what you if you bring the lawsuit what potentially are you doing to violate the 8th commandment? Paul? Okay All right, there's one. Uh, Paul says the honor of God. Somebody have a comment? You're stealing time uh, from them, potentially, and tying them up. But if they owe you the money, do, do they potentially not deserve to have their time not stolen because it's legitimate? We're saying it's a legitimate lawsuit i'm I'm making it uh, kind of a little tough it's It's a rightful lawsuit, so you've got a right to pursue it, but what else and, we, and the one thing that we taught corinthians think corinthians love. well love we, we we're we're not sh- maybe showing love, but Corinthians was all about first Corinthians, particularly all about what division in the church so and lawsuits. Where's where it's brought up. So what are we stealing? I think I heard it over here. Potentially. Unity. Unity. Unity within the church. Unity within the body of Christ. If it's a believer. All right. So the first thing that needs to hit your mind is. Am I going to do harm? In bringing this lawsuit to the kingdom of God, that's the first question you've got to answer. Now, I suppose in one sense, you could say you always may do that. But uh, in this day and age, I'm going to I would take the position, no, that's not the case. Uh, but if it's in the church, I can just about tell you, forget it. I think that's where Corinthians goes to. Look, if you're going to split the church, it's better that you suffer loss because, and I think I used it last week, God's kingdom is a whole lot more important than yours. Okay? Comment? Would I? Um, no, not necessarily. Now, I, I don't think Scripture demands that I do that, but the potential for harm to the body of Christ may be much greater, probably would be much greater, if it's a brother in the Lord. So I've, it, it's going to impact me in my consideration, I think, does that absolutely forbid me from b- bringing suit against that person? I don't think it does. Some would. Some would interpret current. You can't sue a brother in the Lord. Period. Okay. And if you choose to read it that way, I, that's fine. I'm just giving you mine, Bob. What this to the session? Well, uh, can you can you pursue the the uh, procedure set out in Matthew and? And if a brother offends you, 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 yeah, I mean that's ordained. So you you can bring it to the church. Now I would suggest to you that in doing so, you may wind up with the same division in the church. People have friends. People have those that they're friends with in the church. And so, anytime there is a disagreement, people tend to talk, and people tend to take sides. I'm not saying they should or it's right, but human nature, history tells us, it happens just about every time. So you gotta you gotta take it into consideration, um, because again, it. it in, it goes back. We talked about this. It goes back to well. Should you have ever gotten yourself in that position to start with? Should you have ever loaned the money or whatever? So you got to consider it there it, on the front end. Then on the back, if you say yes, I, I was convinced. I don't. I, if I had it to do over, I'd do it again. I saw a need. It was done in the in the form of a loan. That's the way they wanted it. Fine, and and but I do it again. But if it's going to cause a problem, I'm out whatever they owe me. But what does the passage we just read tell you? Is God not able to make it up? If you honor him what does scripture tell us you honor him and he will what honor you now before the father but father they they they've suffered loss for the unity of the brethren so father make it up to them i'm asking that you and who knows out of the i mean if you if you pay attention if you pay attention in life you will see it happening you will see it happening you may not think of it that way but it's just how god enables you know all of a sudden there's some little something you know maybe you've never worked overtime in your life and all of a sudden there's overtime You stop and think, "Huh? Oh, whoa, where'd that come from? Maybe God's making up to you what you suffered loss. Just be aware. But keep, keep in context this because we can say, oh, it's wrong. It's it's not uh, the moral thing to do. It's not the spiritual thing to do. But I want to keep it in the context of the Eighth Commandment for right now. That's where we're talking. Charlie? The work of the kingdom as to your ability, I mean, if it's your neighbor that you've been witnessing to for years, now they just do something bad, and you sue them, and, you know, what does it do? It may slam the doors, Charlie says. So, uh, the work of the kingdom, stop and think about it, because hopefully we stop and think about that in everything we do. That's why we're here, the work of the kingdom. The work of the kingdom. The things of life are just the means to the end. Okay? You gotta work, to have money, to eat, food, clothing, shelter. But all of that is so you can do God's work, the work of the kingdom here on earth. Witnessing to a neighbor, witnessing to children, you know, leading them to the Lord, whatever it is. That's the end goal for all of us the other things gifts from God alright any other comments on that I just wanted to kind of finalize that and put make sure we had it in context that you, you can talk about the lawsuits in general and and uh, and again they can, they can be upsetting they can, you can look at them a lot of ways but I wanted to make sure we were we were seeing it in context of the Eighth Commandment. All right. So that that took us, we were on number 11. Uh, This is our, on on the larger catechism, question 141, what are the duties required in the Eighth Commandment? We're working our way through the answer, and number 11 was avoiding unnecessary lawsuits. And unnecessary there goes a little bit, too, to what Bob was saying. You know, is it a legitimate lawsuit to start with? Well, maybe it is, but is it a necessary legitimate lawsuit? Now, that's what we have to consider. If it's unnecessary, it's clearly wrong. And uh, the, the idea of, of being contentious to to the end... Of getting something, right? And and contentious is a, a wrong use of a lawsuit. I don't categorize lawsuits as simply contentious. Is there an aspect of contention in them? Sure. I mean, you 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 got one side against another. So there's some of that there. But here, I think the the contentious being the unnecessary. It's it's to an end. I'm gonna I'm gonna Keep nipping at your heels until you give me what I want. Now, we have to be careful, don't we? Because do you you remember the parable in the New Testament about somebody nipping at somebody's heels, as it were? The person that kept coming to the unjust who? Judge. Saying, yeah, give me, I, I need you, and finally, fine, have what you want, just leave me alone. Well, we can be that way with one another sometimes. Good, all right. The next one, number 12, and I'm using the little footnote numbers. Number 12 is suretyships are other-like engagements. Suretyship. Everybody know, understand here, surety suretyship, guarantee, uh, you are, in this context, you are making yourself liable for the obligation of someone else if they do not fulfill it. Okay? You are not directly liable. You only come into the picture if they don't do what they're supposed to do. So, if you co-sign with somebody on a note at the bank you are equally obligated if you co-sign you are an obligor to the bank just as much as the other person but if you go to the bank and you say now look if you'll make them the loan I'll guarantee it so if they don't pay you back I'll pay it this happens most often I think with the purchase of cars where a parent guarantees the loan for the child. Child wrecks the car, car whatever, they don't fix it. It gets repossessed, just to give you a little story. gets repossessed. Whoever repossesses it sells it to get whatever they can out of it. Now let's just say the loan amount was 20 grand. And when all this happened, the loan amount was 19500 So they'd managed to make two payments maybe or something. All right? So the car gets repossessed, the child, and you aren't always told as the guarantor when things start going awry. All right? You keep that in mind if you ever guarantee something. Bank generally has no obligation to come tell you, Oop, they missed a payment. Uh Uh-uh. They may miss 10 payments, and you wouldn't know about it. So you better be careful if you ever do it. But car gets repossessed. The bank sells the car for $10,000. Get rid of it, they get $10,000. And then what do they do? They come after you as the guarantor for the other $9,500. You say, well, if I'm going to have to pay, I want the car. Oh, sorry, the car's gone. You just got to pay 9500 and you get nothing. All right? That's what we're talking about here. That kind of thing. Surety ship. All right? So, Eighth Commandment. You say, well, who's stealing from who? You know, I didn't make them guarantee the loan. They took that upon themselves, so I didn't take from them. You know, maybe in my actions I took from them but we're talking about the surety ship here we're not talking about so much the act of the person doing it eighth commandment not to steal so what what should come to your mind if you're being asked to be surety on something why are you being asked what's the sole purpose of it why what when would it not happen? You know, have you ever borrowed money? How many people in here, and I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, how many of you have ever borrowed money? I don't care if it's for a car, a house, whatever. But everybody, maybe? Yes? Okay? Now, how many of you have ever been required to have a guarantor or a surety in connection with your loan? Any? And again, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, so I won't make you raise your hand. But my guess is you certainly, at least on one occasion, you've done it, and you've done it on your own. Nothing was required. When is a surety required? When the lender... uh Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. When the lender has doubts... About your ability to meet the requirements of the loan. (laughs) If you got plenty of money, the lender's not going to require a guarantor. But if you're really having a hard time, if you've already got debt, now you want to incur more debt, the lender says, I don't know. I'm worried. I'm we, we don't feel like you're in a position. We aren't questioning your integrity, but we are looking at your financial position. And it tells us that you may not be able to meet this obligation. The only way we will loan you this money is if you have a guarantor whose balance sheet we can look at and know that if you don't pay, they can't. All right? So, if you think you're being asked to be a guarantor, first question is, hmm. So somebody, a bank, somebody doesn't think they're strong enough financially to do this. So then what do you do? If you say, because you like them, they're a friend, they're relative, Whatever. You like them, so you say, sure, I'll be your guarantor. You have just enabled them to do what? Get along, right? You've enabled them to go deeper in debt. That's what you've done. So maybe we should be somewhat as astute as the lender. And not that I'm saying don't guarantee, but are we ignoring? Here's where it starts getting to the Eighth Commandment. Are we ignoring a problem that we might need to be addressing to help this person? Wait a minute. Let's not get more in debt. How about I help you work at getting out of some of the debt you have. And, you know, if it's a need that can't be ignored, i.e., their car broke down. They don't have the money to buy another car. They don't have the money to fix the car. They don't have, you know, and, and they're going to lose their job if they can't get to work. And you Look at it and you say, why don't they have money? Remember, we've been talking about making, in the Eighth Commandment context, thinking about, making plans, preparing. It's all part of it, not just living for the moment. "Mm, If my car breaks down, how am I going to fix it? So maybe we say, all right, here's what we'll do. Let's look at where you're spending your money. Let's let's do a little budgeting here. Just meet with us and 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 show us what you got, where you are. Okay? Maybe everything you're spending money for is legit and you just don't have any other choice. In which case, maybe I say, I'm not gonna help you buy another car. I'll give you the money to fix your car. I'm not gonna put you more in debt. But if we've got things that we don't have to have that we're spending money on in the budget. Oh, we go out to eat twice a week. Not anymore, you don't. Well, I stop at Starbucks and get coffee, you know, three times a day. Not anymore, you don't. If I'm going to help you. you. You show them. You work with them. Do you see every week you spend... Fifty dollars extra in a month that's two hundred dollars in a year that's twenty four hundred dollars in three years you've got enough to buy a used car of some sort instead of being maybe maybe okay I'll help you get another car on these conditions so you, you help where help's really needed it's not so much buying the car as it's getting a handle on finance and dealing with it properly. You know? I could loan them the car. If it breaks down, they're going to be in the same boat. But if I can help them start accumulating a little something, and it's amazing, it's amazing to watch How people change when you help them and they start seeing debt go away. And the liberty that comes from it. Scripture addresses it. You are in bondage to a lender. Right? No matter how easy it is for you to meet the obligation, and I'm not anti debt as such but you got to be careful charge cards just too easy you know I'm an I'm an old guy that if I got cash in my wallet and that's all I do is I deal with cash and that's not all I do but if that's what I, when that cash is gone I know it's gone <laughs> I open the wallet and it's not there so I say hmm no more spending this month. No matter what. But it's kind of hard sometimes with charge cards. And again, what you never know is what's going to happen. Oh, I ain't pay I can pay what I put on the charge card. I ain't pay it back next month. And I hope you can. But when the car breaks down, not only can you not pay it back, you can't pay it ne- next month. You can't pay it back for a year. And now... You're paying interest at 18%. Whoa. Again, just little things sometimes that we have to deal with that we either take from ourselves which impairs our ability to meet our obligations potentially or we help others take from themselves. Remember, our obligation with the commandments is not only to ourselves but to others. Here, we are to help Preserve not only our wealth, our own, but theirs. So maybe we need to do a little instructing and aid in that respect. All right. The other side of this is, what's it going to do to me if I have to pay it? Okay. My little illustration. So you got to come up with nine thousand five hundred dollars. you got to pay it how does that affect how you provide for your own family well we'll we'll eat light for a few months and you know well is that right scripturally to deprive your family of things I won't, not not luxuries, uh, necessities that you maybe hold back some, but is it right to withhold from them because you acted as surety for somebody? Okay. So maybe I'm stealing from people that I have an obligation to because I acted as surety. I never intended to borrow the money myself, but when I pledge to be guarantor, effectively, that's what I did. Potentially, anyway. And I may have to pay it back. And if I do, how does it impact me and my ability to meet my own obligations? Now, do I have to go to somebody and say, well, I can't pay you this month because I did something kind of foolish. Now, I see, I acted as surety, and I had to come up with a big amount for somebody, and I don't have my... I don't have my car payment. I don't have my house payment. I don't have whatever it is. So uh, it it can put you in a bad way as well. So suretyship. It's not prohibited. It's not prohibited. But we just need to be very, very careful if we do it. Again, it's kind of like the loan. We need to be thinking on the front end as well as having to think, on the back side of the transaction when it comes to fruition and it costs us money it Cost costs us money looking ahead part of our obligation alright anybody got any questions on suretyship or comments Bob uh, I think the uh, question of giving is mentioned over 30 times in the Bible genesis the, rest of the time. forgiving In, in connection with what we're talking about, so you, we we look at well, helping these people with gifts and stay away from surety ships and stuff. Well, I'm I'm doing more than suggesting it. I hope. <laughs> well, and and then so so let's let's take all right so. Bob saying safe thing to do is we tithe. Now, my my situation. So then the person who is asking you to be surety on a car loan, so they can go buy them a new car. So now what do they do? Just practically, let's just let's just work through this, practically speaking. So now do they do they come to their church and say, you know, I've got a need? Can y'all, can y'all? help me? I, I, you know, is that? Would that be a good thing? Okay, people do it. And, and and scripturally, help me here. Scripturally, who would meet that need at least theoretically? Who should be meeting that need first? Family. Good family. Family. All right. Go to family. If family won't meet the need again, maybe it tells you something, maybe done, but family, then the church, the church family. Good. And they come now. This then potentially opens the door, does it not, for the church family to maybe help minister to those things that need to be corrected it may be that they can do it easier than family can, physical family, biological family. So, and and how's the church able to do this? Through the tithes and the offerings of people that give to the church, and the church has funds. We can help you with that. Important to have a good family, isn't it? Not everyone is blessed with having a good physical biological family but everyone is part of a good God fearing church um, has as good a family as you can have at least it should be that way right and that family is going to be sympathetic that family is going to be hopefully understanding and hopefully they're going to be helpful uh, with what your needs are. Good, good, good point. Anything else? All right, good. Just some good practical stuff with this. With this. All right, our next one is uh, then the, the final one, and an endeavor by all just and lawful means to procure, preserve, and further the wealth and outward estate of others as well as our own, uh, and they are uh, practically helping people, right? Physically helping people, financially, spiritually, and those aren't in a order of importance by any means, uh, but all part of the Eighth Commandment i uh I was I'm curious when the preacher preached on the Good Samaritan he was talking about the details you know and sometimes we have details sometimes they're just there to kind of be practical any of you think about our discussion of the details, the compassion the christ likeness you know and so forth his time his mean is his, his things that were necessary is, is, is medicinal stuff used his money used his means of transportation used his reputation we see all that in there at least we did in this class <laughs> so but it was good it was good but you see we can see how it plays in to the 8th commandment God providing for you so that you can help provide for others it's a wonderful way to serve the Lord when it's possible. And again, it's not to put anybody on a guilt trip because you can't. Because we, we've clearly looked as you are able. But it, again, we've also mentioned this is not purely financial, and it's rare that that any of us can't give a little bit of time somewhere along the way to somebody that may need it. So, good. All right. Do you what? I think we'll just stop. It, let me mention the, the, the shorter catechism that's um, question 74. That's on page 483. A great summary. You know, we, we're not going to go through it because it's obviously the same as the larger. The larger, just much more detail. What is required in the Eighth Commandment? The Eighth Commandment requireth the lawful procuring and furthering the wealth and outward estate of ourselves and others. Kind of this last statement that we had there. And um, it's good to keep in mind what the Lord has for us to do. I'm just... uh, looking at uh, at notes here just to see if I had anything else that I wanted to mention Um, so next week we will pick up with question 142 of the larger catechism which is on page 483 which is what are the sins forbidden in the 8th commandment and again a lot of it we we won't spend a lot of time because we've talked about a lot of it in connection with the duties. so we're not going to repeat it all But, again, I hope we see how practical these commandments are in the outworking of the Christian life. How good the Lord's been to us to give us something like the Ten Commandments that we can use along with all the rest of Scripture to see what the Scriptures principally teach, which is what we are to believe concerning God and what duties God requires of us, right? So, um, again, think through them. Okay, what I did yesterday, what I'm doing today, what I'm doing tomorrow, what I'm doing today, Lord's Day, Lord's Day, Eighth Commandment. I misuse this day. Who have I stolen from? It's his day. He tells us what we're to use it for. Do we? Kind of sobering, isn't it? How easy, how easy it is to kind of get entrapped in the things of life. Good things, honorable things but get so entrapped in them that we lose out on making good use of the Lord's day. And I'm guilty of it. I'm as guilty of it as anybody. It's just too easy. Too easy. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Any any other comments or questions before we close? It's good to have you all with us today. Uh, And good to have those on the... Sermon audio on the internet with us as well. I always forget to welcome them, but they're they're in my mind anyway. Good. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, again, we're grateful to you for the blessing you've given to us, the mercy, the grace, in giving us your word that we can have and that we can handle, that we can study, that we can talk about together and that we can consider. And Lord, then hopefully that we apply right rightly by the leading of the Holy Spirit and that we make good use of it uh, in our service to Thee and in, in our enjoyment of Thee Lord, how much it helps how much it helps when we, we see the things You would have us do and we do it and in and, and the blessing that comes that a um, spiritual message as it were that comes to us that we've we've done a right thing we've done a good thing so lord help us in in everything to be mindful of thee and thy word and what you would have us to do and then lord help us to do it and again we would ask for your help in the keeping of this thy day in the way that's pleasing to thee for we ask it in christ's name amen